The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, the Geneva Motor Show is finally back after the pandemic, but are motor shows still relevant? Well, keeping an eye on the notable launches and trends is Geraldine Herbert, motoring editor at the Sunday Independent. Geraldine, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, before we talk about the Geneva Motor Show and the various launches and other stories in the news at the moment, the Garthi are reviewing testing equipment so that they'll be able to nail the e-scooters and e-bikes that are, well, speeding, I suppose. Yeah, this is a story in the Irish Times this morning, and basically that this is testing equipment that the Dutch police currently use. Now, Pat, when the road traffic and road acts uh, 2023, which we've been waiting for, which seems like forever, comes in, it will make a distinction between e-bikes. There will be high-powered e-bikes, which will be considered e-mopeds, and they will require licence and a helmet registration. And then e-scooters, there's no facility for high-powered e-scooters. They will continue to be illegal. So this is what these testing equipment will do. It will check both the capacity, the power capacity and output of the um, the e-bikes and the e-scooters and the speed limits. Now, the the way it works, according to this report in the Irish Times, is the guard that presumably will hop up on this, on the scooter, on a kind of a rolling road. Because obviously you have to have some weight on the scooter uh, because, you know, a scooter without weight on it would obviously go faster than a scooter without weight on it. So the guard that hops up on the scooter on this rolling road and runs a test. Yeah, now you'd wonder, like, how feasible will it be? Where will these road tests be and how often and how likely will it be that, you you know, you can run into them? But as I say, the Dutch are doing it at the moment and the Gardaí are reviewing it as an option. Yeah, because they were concerned at, at the number of fatalities and they found a correlation between the rise of e-bikes and e-scooters with the rise in deaths. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, I was at a road safety conference in Brussels in 2022, and I spoke with a lot of uh, Dutch people and um, road safety advocates there. And the Dutch don't have a very favourable attitude, particularly towards e-scooters. And they had huge concerns about them sharing um, the same space and cycle lanes and everything. And obviously, they have similar issues that we have in the sense of that they're different powered levels. And, you know, putting them in bikes in bike lanes with people maybe who aren't that used to cycling or whatever, you know, there is there is a, a danger there and a, a very big risk. So it's good to see that something has been done. But look, Pat, in the end of the day, we still have to wait for e-scooters to become even legalised on the road. And I don't know what the delay with this um, with this yeah. Road Traffic Act is in terms of the regulations. That's what we're waiting on. I mean, they have the, been published. They just haven't come into law yet. The Minister is on about active travel. Well, if you're just popping up on an e-scooter and accelerating... Um, you're not getting, I mean, you're out in the rain, yeah, uh, but you're not actively travelling. You're just standing in the main. And even on some of the e-bikes, you don't have to do much pedalling at all. And that's another aspect. They're going to check at what point the pedal power ceases or uh, comes in. So it's going to be quite a complicated uh, set of equipment, I would imagine, to make sure before they confiscate it that um, they have the legal right to so do. Yeah, and where the electric motor cuts off is the key point in law, because as I said, that's what distinguishes an e-bike from an e-moped. Now, at the moment, under the law, e-bikes, all e-bikes are treated the same way. They're all treated as pedal cycles, but the new regulations will make that distinction, and that's what's key to is that difference. In the same way with e-scooters, as I said, there's no provision in law for high-powered e-scooters. They will just be the ones that are limited to 20 kilometres an hour. They will be the only ones that are legal.
Mm. Now, let's talk about the Geneva Motor Show. And the question I asked, is the Motor Show at Geneva and elsewhere, are they relevant? Um, I suppose the initial answer would be no at the moment. I mean, look, there's huge costs for car makers, and I suppose car makers have found much easier and more cost-effective ways to approach the public. There's pop-up shops, there's social media reveals. So they're certainly not, um, they're certainly not what they were 20 years ago. I mean, it's interesting about Geneva. At the, the height of Geneva, I suppose 750,000 people would visit. Even in 2019, 600,000 people attended the show. This year, it's expected about 200,000 visitors will attend. So it's a much more muted affair. And even if I'd say it was more notable by the people who weren't there, the car makers that weren't there, than those that were there. So definitely a very different type of show. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that the, the Nevo show, the EV show here in the RDS, uh, which I went to, um, th- that was sold out. Free tickets, of course. So it's easy to perhaps sell out free tickets. But they're talking about doing maybe another Nevo show uh, next year and then outside Dublin as well. So there was huge curiosity about the range of EVs and that's where I suppose the focus was in Geneva as well. Yeah, the interesting thing about the Nevo show, and I must have just missed you because I think when I arrived you had just gone, was the age group. I thought what was interesting was just there was a, a, such a broad age group. There was everything from, you know, the, the elderly people looking for sort of post-retirement cars to young people to young families. So it showed there is a huge amount of interest um, in electric cars. But as you said, range is a big, still a key issue, um, um, Pat. Now, let's talk about the launches at uh, Geneva. I mean, one of the most popular uh, cars is the Renault 5. And there's a new one. Yeah, now this had been teased for a long time and the concept had come out in 2021. And I have to say, when it was finally unveiled, it looked even better than the concept. Gorgeous car. This would be a Zoe replacement with about a 400 kilometre range. Priced in Europe at 21,000. I don't think we're going to see it that cheap here when it arrives probably towards the end of the year. But it'll definitely be what we consider an affordable EV. Looked really, really nice. It has these four chunky wheels, very much kind of in the mini-esque kind of design. A lot of uh, really nice features about it. Of course, some very French ones, Pat, there was um, a baguette holder, which was an option so you could have your baguette in your car and it wouldn't have the crumbs all over it. And also one other really nice feature is when the car is recharging, as you approach the car, it displays the five on the front bonnet and each bar of the... Each line of the number five represents 20% charge. So as you walk towards your car, you can tell how charged it is, which I thought was very French, but very nice feature. And the range is, you know, in good conditions, 400 uh, kilometres, which ain't bad at all. Um, A sub-brand of the Renault company is Dacia, and they came out with the Duster, which became uh, quite a success. It was a low-cost SUV. Now, what have they done? Yeah, it's been a huge success for them. It really has and continues to be one of the best-selling SUVs in Ireland. Um, they have a very smart-looking new one. Again, just looks good, good engine range, and again, it'll be well-priced when it arrives here. I suppose the big, um, the big focus for the Dacia stand, though, was the new Spring. Now, that's a small electric car that has been sold in Europe but hasn't been available either in Ireland or the UK up to now, but it will be available later in the year. And it's actually the third best-selling electric car in Europe. So it's, you know, hugely popular. has a range of about 220 kilometres. And it's looking, well, kind of the, the expectation is when it comes into Ireland, it could be priced around 20,000. So, I mean, that would be really a breakthrough EV for, for our market. There's a car I've never seen on Irish roads, the Lucid. What's the Lucid? Yeah, Lucid is an American premium brand. They sell in a couple of markets in Europe. I think they sell in Germany, Switzerland, and a few others. They showed off a seven-seat electric SUV called Gravity. Again, unfortunately, there's no... um, 
there's no there's no thought there's no plans at the moment to move into Ireland but you just don't know this had a 600 kilometer range and it was kind of a Tesla Model X rival but looked very stylish mm, very stylish and uh, very luxurious as well very um MG and IM um the, the the same parent company what are they doing yeah, um, the, again, the, the star of the MG um, stand was the MG3. Now, this is a car that sold again in some markets in Europe but wasn't available in Ireland. And interestingly, this is a hybrid. So it's not a plug-in hybrid, it's just a regular hybrid. So it will rival the likes of the Renault Clio and the Toyota Yaris um, when it comes into Ireland. And I suppose it's just it's an interesting one for, for them. They have had plug-in hybrids before now and electric cars, but we haven't seen a regular hybrid. Then the IM is a new sort of premium brand that we expect to see from them in about 2025. So, and they showed off the L6, it was a saloon. So again, a bit away, but um, an interesting one, a more premium version of an MG. Mm. Now, the parent company of uh, MG is a, a Chinese company, and another Chinese company making waves is BYD, uh, and also causing some concern in Brussels. Yeah, this was interesting, actually. Peter Campbell in the Financial Times had an interview with them yesterday, and you will remember that the European Commission launched an investigation into Chinese competitiveness, um, basically saying or suggesting that the Chinese government was giving high, you know, large subsidies, which allowed them to sell their cars much cheaper than, I suppose, legacy car makers in Europe. Now, BYD rejected this quite strongly, and they said that they had they were able to charge much less because they had unique technology and their management efficiency was high. And they did say even if there was tariffs, it would do very little because they have opened a plant in Hungary. And I think basically what they're saying is they'll just ramp up production there and they'll sell cars that are actually produced in Europe. So they didn't seem to be too worried um, about the prospect of tariffs and they certainly yeah. rejected the idea that they had received any great subsidies from it, the Chinese government. It's interesting, they'll have to produce and sell uh, presumably 150,000 cars a year in that Hungarian factory uh, for it to make economic sense. But I was struck by the idea that there were car makers going to China to set up factories in China uh, and now we have the reverse, Chinese car companies coming to Europe to set up factories here. Yeah, and I mean, imagine when BYD put their mind to it, they will do it. They seem to be a company that is, you know, streets ahead of anybody else. I was struck in that interview as well that they actually have launched their own ship to transport vehicles from China to Europe to further reduce costs. So they really, you know, I mean, they control the complete supply chain of their own vehicles. They really do. And that's that's really the key thing to why they're so competitive. Now, tell me about the car of the year. Um, the Renault Scenic uh, All Electric was the car of the year. How many of the contenders were electric? I think just about all of them, actually, Pat. I'm just looking at the list now. Um, Yeah, so this was actually the seventh time that Renault has won Car of the Year. Car of the Year always tends to swap between the Germans and the French. Um, So this year, I mean, it was a clear winner. It, um, it beat off stiff competition from the BMW 5 Series. Again, the BMW 5 Series is offered as petrol, but it also is an, um, an electric version. And um, it was third place ahead of, and third place was the Peugeot 3008, and Kia's EV9 um, as well. So I would imagine that the majority of the, the cars were electric part at this stage. And I think the winner of, an, of European Car of the Year has been electric for the past number of years. And you mentioned that the big Germans, BMW, Mercedes, and Audi, uh, also Porsche, were abstained from uh, Geneva and Stellantis, uh, you know, who own a lot of brands, including Fiat, they weren't there either. Um, Have they said why? 
Yeah, as I said, it just seems to be too costly for them at this stage when they, they have other ways they can get to customers they don't have to. And there's a huge amount of money that's called, that you know is spent on setting these um, these shows up. But it is a pity because you know motor shows used to alternate between Frankfurt and Paris, but. Geneva was every year, and it was very much the prestigious um, show of the year, the most important show. And I suppose it was the neutral one where both Germans and the French, um, you know, showed off their new cars. But it's a pity to see it. Maybe it will come back in the next few years, but it was a pity to see so many of them being absent this year. Yeah. Uh, Some of the questions and comments uh, coming in. Uh, Can you ask your guest about Fisker, the world's most sustainable EV? Yeah, I, I'm not sure of any plans to come to Ireland. Um, they're relatively new in, in what they've introduced, so um, I don't know. It's one to watch. I presume they all have plans at some stage, but I don't have, I don't have any definite details about Ireland at the moment. And question about uh, batteries. How long does a battery last? People say after a few years, you'll have to fork out two grand plus for a new battery. Rather more than two grand, uh, I would suspect. But I hear Toyota advertising that their uh, battery is guaranteed to have at least 70% of its power uh, for 10 years uh, or 100,000 kilometres. So the car companies will will, um, will guarantee up to eight years. Um, Toyota, yes, up to 10. But there's no reason to believe after those 10 years that there will be. They're just saying that's, you know, that's a guarantee. And that's far better than they offer, you know, any sort of guarantee that they offer on petrol or diesel cars. The other thing to remember about batteries is it's very rare to have to replace an entire battery. You do hear about it happening, but it is very rare. It's much more likely if there's an issue with a battery that it can be repaired. They're in a modular format, so they can, like parts of them can be repaired. You don't have to replace the whole battery. It's very rare to do that. Uh, some of the things about scooters. Will these laws be enforced? How? Dublin is full of lads and balaclavas driving scramblers on high-powered electric bikes. Another one. In Holland, e-scooters, e-bikes and even mobility scooters have registration, which makes them traceable. Of course, we don't have that here, uh, much to our shame. Uh, another one. I cycle every day. E-bikes will sometimes pass me on the inside when I've moved out to avoid a pothole. Uh, they have the thick tyres to cope with potholes. It's dangerous, especially if they have a food delivery backpack uh, on them uh, and so on. Lots of people concerned about whether or not we can regulate uh, the scooters to make uh, their use a lot safer than it currently is. Uh, Geraldine Herbert, motoring editor for the Sunday Independent. Uh, thank you very much for uh, joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.